Okay, we are continuing our theme uh, of love God, love people, love life uh, this morning. So this morning you are blessed not to have one uh, brilliant person speaking, but two uh, brilliant people speaking. So uh, first of all, we are going to have, I'll get this right, Sheila is coming first. So Sheila Taylor, uh, let's welcome Sheila up to the stage. Clive and Sheila were a brilliant couple, but Sheila, one of our area leaders, uh, looking after our life groups as well. And then following Sheila, we have got the brilliant Erin Kilmartin that is going to be coming and speaking, one of our youth leaders. Uh, so it's brilliant to have both of you sharing this morning. Thank you, Sheila. There you go. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Morning. When Erin asks you to do something, it's quite easy to say yes. But then as the day has come closer, I was thinking, what on earth have I said yes for? (laughs) And I was so nervous this morning, I arrived without my words. Good job, we live quite near. Loving people, we know that when we love God, we should always love others. And I'm just going to read the verses again that Anna read to us last week because they're so important. In Matthew 22, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he also said in John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. If you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. So we're all commissioned in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples. As Christians, We are all on a mission to show love to others, to all people, to Christians and non-Christians, to everybody. For so many people, this is easy to do, isn't it? But for many others, it really is not. One of my first thoughts was, how on earth am I expected to love Putin? And all those people that go around shooting innocent people, stabbing them, especially children. And it just becomes an everyday occurrence, doesn't it? We hear it on the news and then we're passed over to the next thing. Therefore, we must keep the commandments to do our best, as these say, and love God to deal with these other people. We can pray and pray at all times for these people. We can only hope that for many who don't yet know the love of God, our actions will help to build a bridge for the Lord Jesus to walk over into their lives. We may only be a small part of that bridge one block, one stone, but our love and care and help will be a step for them along that road. 
Loving others is something we can all do day in and day out. Very often, in small ways, to show that we care about them and that they are important to us and also to God. Years ago, we used to have a saying, pennies make pounds. And in the same way, very small deeds can turn into big something big. A few weeks ago, we'd been to our caravan. We came home for the morning service, and then we were going back. But we realised we were running short of bread. So I nipped into the supermarket, and I couldn't believe the amount of trolleys piled high. And I stood there with my little loaf. Anyway, I spotted one that looked quite favourable. And the man turned round and he said, is that all you've got? So they shuffled all the shopping up so that I could put my loaf in. So when I'd sorted it, I turned to him and I said, thank you so much. That's your good deed for today. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but it won't get me into heaven. So I thought, mm, I've got to comment on this. <laughs> or else it will haunt me for the rest of the day. So I turned to him and I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, I believe in me. So I said, well, if you started to believe in Jesus, you would have a good chance of getting into heaven. <laughs> By this time, my loaf had passed through. So I had, to, I had to go. But I prayed that that man would really think about her conversation that day. There are so many simple ways in which we can show people we love and care for them. Firstly, we need to see them. Look them in the eye and smile at them. A smile can go a long way. We have, we have to be ready to listen to people, making them realise we are interested in them, and we have to earn people's trust. A good illustration of this is our life groups here at the bridge. A group of people meeting together, taking time to get to know one another, building relationships, and as time goes on, you can trust one another and really care for one another. And I, I know this because the life groups I belong to really do do this. When Clive had his operation a few weeks ago, yes, we were really thankful to our own family for the love, support and and care that they showed to us. But we were also so grateful to our Bridge family for the love and support and kindness they showed to us. We even received meals prepared. It was just amazing. And during COVID, we saw an outpouring of love and care by so many, for so many. We had Captain Tom and the little boy with no legs 
who used to walk so far every day to raise money. But there were thousands of others, including our wonderful NHS, who didn't make the headlines, who worked tirelessly, tirelessly day in and day out, helping, caring, and loving people. When we're Christians, and people know we're Christians, and also that we attend church, they watch us very closely with all we do and all we say. So we must always try to do the best we can every day to be a good witness for Jesus and not a bad one. But I know I personally fail miserably so often to accomplish this. We've also got to remember how much God loves us. And I'm sure many of you will have experienced God showing up at times when we've not really known what to do next. Some months ago, we were on our way to church and we saw a lady fall full length on the pavement. So we stopped and we managed to get her up and daddy her into the back of our car. And she was a very vulnerable lady and she cried like a child. And I thought, oh, what do we do here? And I just looked up and there was a young man just walking towards us. He'd been jogging on the park. And he said, are you guys okay? So we told him what had happened. So he got her details out of her handbag. He tried to ring her carers, but without success. He rang the 999. And because she'd made a real mess of her leg, uh, they said it would be three hours before an ambulance could come. Oh, he said, I'll get my wife out of bed. She's a nurse. <laughs> so he rang her and she came immediately. And as soon as she saw her, she said, she needs to go to A&E. So no more ado, they put her in the back of their car and off they went. We were so grateful for those people. But it was an example of God caring for people through ordinary people. Our hearts also go out to people who are in desperate need here and in other countries of the world. And as we give money and as we pray, we are loving them as much as we are able. And there are many people who feel called to go. Indeed, many people from this church have gone. What a wonderful demonstration. But most of us have to be bridge builders where we are at home, in school, college, and work and just in home life situations. May we all try to love others and show them compassion and care and to pray for them. It's our mission and hopefully one day that bridge will be built if they don't know the Lord Jesus for him to walk over and to be able to enter their lives. Because we need people to realize 
how much he does love them. What an opportunity we have because he chooses ordinary people like us. And I just want to finish by reading a poem that I had passed on to me. A heart of deep compassion, O Lord, for this I plead, that when I look at others, my heart will sense their need. Then let me be a mirror reflecting from above the person of my Saviour, his power and his love. Compassion, Lord, for others. Oh, grant it, Lord, I pray, for millions across the ocean and for those I meet today. Thank you. So there is a little bit of overlap between what me and Sheila have said and are going to say, um, but I'm really glad of that because I was sure leading up to this morning that there was something God was trying to get across, um, and I think it's nice to hear that it was, it's for the church. So there is a verse in Proverbs 14.4, and it is one of my favourites, and it says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. In other words, where there is life, there is mess, but where there is life, there's an abundant harvest. If there wasn't mess, our community, this community, our family would bear no fruit. We would not see God move in the way that he does. But we know that community's hard, we know that family's hard, we know relationships can be hard, um, but we know that we're called to love people regardless of that, and that's hard. Um, but what, what I'm going to speak about is setting ourselves up well, so that when we find ourselves in the situations where it's hard, we know how to deal with it. We're already operating from God's strength, we're already operating in an overflow of God's love. So I'm going to read from Galatians 5, which is the teaching on the fruits of the Spirit, which love is one of. So from verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with it. Bridge Kids have um, not long finished looking at the fruits of the Spirit, and that was really fruitful to have those conversations with them. Um, But it reminded me of how we can learn about the fruits of the Spirit from being so little if we grow up in church. And so it can become kind of an attitude that we have that because we're Christian, we just bear fruit. It just happens. We just love people. We can be faithful all the time. We have self-control. But as we mature in the faith, we realize it's not that easy as most things are. And to say it like that would be like, because we've got a plant pot, a strawberry is just going to appear 
And I had a strawberry plant last year and I got two strawberries out of it, but they definitely didn't happen by accident. It took a lot of effort and I gave up pretty quickly after that. Um, but it took a lot of effort to make that piece of fruit grow. Um, Paul, the author in Galatians, says that to have the fruits of the Spirit, we need to walk by the Spirit. And to walk in the Spirit, we need to crucify the desires of our flesh, which takes a lot of effort to do. It's not our default position. And he makes it very clear that there's a battle going on between the physical and the spiritual. It's a tug of war. Um, And I absolutely love the idea. I must have seen it somewhere, but I couldn't find where it was, that we have a spiritual muscle memory Um, that is built by the repetition of correct behaviour that ensures the proper response when needed. And we need that spiritual muscle to be stronger than our physical muscle, than our flesh, because whichever is stronger will lead us when it gets difficult. And that kind of love that God calls us to show, the self-sacrificial love that requires humility and all of the other fruits, that depth of love isn't our default position, and that is okay to say. But it's not okay for them that to not change. And something that can really help us in relation to this is reminding ourselves that we're not slaves to how we feel. We're not slaves to our emotion. We're not slaves to temptation. We don't have to submit to it. And there's this tool used in psychology. It's known as acting opposite to emotion. And it's used kind of in... Sometimes in mental health, but more in training people to do difficult things when what your mind is saying isn't beneficial for the outcome that you want and you take the thought captive and you do something about it and act opposite. And that's biblical. 2 Corinthians 10.15 says we take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. Um, The thing with that, though, is that the closer we get to Jesus then, the more we love God the kind of more we realise we're not clean. The cleaner we get to something that is clean, the more unclean we feel. But that allows us to identify what isn't obedient and make it obedient. We take the thought, the emotion, we identify it, and we make it obedient to Jesus. We train our hearts to be able to love people, to have self-control, to act in purity when it's tough too. There is a list alongside the fruits of the Spirit in that passage, um, a bit before it, I think, where Paul gives a list of the desires of our flesh and what they can look like. And it's things like impurity, idolatry, hate, jealousy. And when any of these things have a foothold, they stifle our ability to love people. They get in the way of it. And every, every obedient decision we make is like lifting a spiritual weight is the way that I've liked to look at it, of constantly building that spiritual strength up. That we're being obedient to Jesus, not to our emotions, not to our desires, not to how someone's treated us or how difficult it is. Obedient to Jesus, and we're walking in the spirit, bearing fruit. I heard it said that the vice, as in one of those vices you'd use in wood tech where you tighten it to hold the wood to saw it. Not that I use them very often, but the vice that you put wood in can get tighter with temptation around your heart. So they were using that as an image to say that the more you're tempted, the tighter your heart feels under pressure. And if we don't have a strong enough muscle to withstand that pressure, that tightening, 
then our heart will just get smaller and smaller and smaller. Our ability to love people gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And our ability to die to our flesh, to sacrifice our flesh for God gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Because it's our spiritual muscle that's getting stronger, physical muscle that's getting stronger, not our spiritual. So we need to build ourselves a good internal scaffolding. Because our love for people makes God's love tangible for them, like Sheila was saying. And if we start a few steps back with the condition of our hearts, it will come second. If we focus less on how we're loving people, it will come naturally to us. We will bear fruit. We will be Christ-like. We'll find that it is second nature to drop lasagna off for the family that are grieving, even when there's not enough food on our table. We'll find it easier and no problem to go out of our way to drop someone home on the other side of town. Things like that become our second nature because it's what is stronger in us. It's what we're exercising. And just as I close, I've been reading Exodus recently. And there's something that's really stood out to me about Moses in the burning bush, which on the surface doesn't seem related to loving people. But the uncommon thing about Moses and the burning bush wasn't that the bush was burning. That was quite common in the desert for things to spontaneously combust in the heat. The thing that caught Moses' attention was that the bush wasn't being consumed by the fire. It wasn't damaged. That's what drew him closer. That's what drew him into God's presence where God could meet with him. And for most of us, There's some love that we expect and it's not particularly groundbreaking in our families and that kind of thing. But in a very dark world, love can often stop us in our tracks. And a love that will stop people in their tracks is a love that supersedes emotion or situation. If someone can look at you showing them love and know that you have got an incredibly difficult thing going on or there's tragedies just here and you're still loving them, they'll look for the catch. They'll look closer, they'll come closer and they'll see Jesus because it's Jesus behind you and that's where it's coming from. They will notice something uncommon and step into the presence of God with you. It's our love to show his glory and we have a responsibility then to keep picking ourselves back up with it, to keep going again, even when it's tough. And that's why I find the idea of spiritual muscle memory so useful. Because if you lose your strength after being at the gym or building your muscle or anything like that, you will rebuild it twice as fast because of muscle memory the second time round. Lost strength is very easily, not very easily, but a lot more easily regained when you start over. And that's the whole gospel is to start again, to come back to Jesus, to repent, to go again, because we're not perfect. And I can imagine there's people in the room who have incredibly heavy hearts, feeling like there isn't anything left in you to love anymore. You've been asked to do too much, there's too much been asked of you and you're weary, you've been hurt by someone, people aren't loving you and if nothing else today my prayer was that as a church we would set the reset button on loving people, that we would go again on loving people and God knows that it's tough and so I think it's okay to admit that it's a difficult thing to do, we don't have to feel guilty for struggling to love people all the time in that way but we do have to pick ourselves back up for it 
His strength is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. And we're called to show our love for his glory. And so as we go back into a time of worship, I'd just love to pray for us in that um, because it's a tough job. So God, I pray that we would just love you first, that our love would just be a fruit of our relationship with you, that we would just walk so in step with you, that you would show us what obedience looks like, Jesus. You would guide us in that. You would give us wisdom in guarding our hearts from those things that are of our flesh. And we pray that we would be intentional in building that spiritual muscle. I pray for those in the room who are hurting, who have been hurt, who are struggling, whose hearts are weary and heavy, that you would be healer and that your gentle touch would help them to go again, God. So we just pray for your strength and we pray that people would see us through you. Amen.